Welcome to another bonus episode of Hydrate Level 4. Uh, I'm continuing the takeover so I can kind of enjoy my break, have, you know, spend some time with the family. So for this uh, takeover, this special episode, I am joined by Tom from the Jake and Tom Conquer the World podcast. How's it going, Tom? It's I am doing very well. How about yourself, sir? Are you enjoying your break? I am enjoying it. Um, I I haven't... Uh, you know, said it on a podcast as to what I've been doing or anything like that. I'll be definitely sharing this experience on uh, you know, my other show, We Got Five. But I feel, you know, a little rejuvenated, you know, mm-hmm. uh, reinvigorated. Is, is that a word? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're definitely recharging the batteries. You got to do it every once in a while. You know, I kind of feel like brand new, like like a, like a completely different person, you know, and uh, you and I, we're friends on Facebook. Have you seen some of the challenges I've been participating in? Uh, no, no, I haven't actually. Oh, really? Not at all. Uh, I'll, I'll spoil one now um, that I'll, you know, mention. But earlier this month, you know, I was nominated for the 22 push-ups, 22-day challenge. Okay. Yeah, so I, you know, so that, that's something I was doing. And just from that little bit of working out every day, you know, I've been, you know, getting more of the, like the, um, not adrenaline. What, what, what's the, what's, uh, serotonin? Is that, no, serotonin is when you sleep, right? No, that's melatonin. <laughs> I think you, I think you're, I, you're at least on the right track. Okay. Well, <laughs> I just, you know, that little bit of working out has been making me feel really good. Good. You know, so, yeah. yeah so I, I, I just, I didn't know I needed it. And so you, among other people, um, you know, I just want to thank you guys for even, you know, doing an episode for me, you know, doing a, th- this little uh, takeover uh, in my in my place. Oh, I, I appreciate the opportunity to kind of put my head up and say hi to, you, to all your listeners. I really appreciate that. Yeah. You know, four of them, uh, which I, <laughs> I hope includes you and Jake. Yeah, absolutely. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. Now, you've been on my uh, other show a few times. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got five, you know, with uh, with Jake, your co-host. Mm-hmm. Um, and let me see. You guys came on the, the first episode you guys came on was top five Marvel movies. Yes, sir. And then, and then you guys did top five movie sequels. Yes. Uh, and then uh, you guys were on our show. We did uh Top five after bar foods, and I actually just had uh, the first part of a uh, special two-part episode with uh, Devin. Yes, yes, you guys talked about the WWE SummerSlam. Was yes, it? sir. Uh, and the episode that's going to be airing shortly after this one drops is going to be uh, uh, memories from high school. Ooh, I like that. Yes, that's a really good one. Mm-hmm. That's with that's with Devin. Yes, sir. Uh, we what? really <laughs> yes, because what happened was we. I, I don't know exactly what happened, but there was another podcast called the Knuckleheads Pod that read our header on Twitter. And for whatever reason, I just typed in that we are the podcast your guidance counselor warned you about. Mm-hmm. And for whatever reason, they managed to get a whole episode out of that one sentence. And they ended it by wanting to hear some of our high school stories. So I figured, yeah, why not uh, why not return the favor? Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. And uh, did you guys put out for feedback or anything? Uh, a little bit, you know, if you, I mean, I'm always, always eager to hear feedback from folks. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I would have liked to have, uh, th- thrown in a few, few stories, but wow, that's, that's a really good topic. Yeah. Actually, you know what? That might be a good, we got five. Yeah. Except for Devin might have to sit out if he's going to be sharing his experience with you guys. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Top five high school experiences. I, I think Peter needs to do a little takeover on that show too. Yeah, I think so. 
<laughs> we'll see. Uh, you see, I think, oh yeah, well, speaking of Devin, you guys also joined him for one of the takeovers uh, for that show covering wrestlers, top yes. five wrestlers. That was actually a lot harder than I expected it to be. Oh, that, you know what? Coming from a non wrestling fan, that was a lot of fun to listen to. Oh, excellent. The three of you guys. Excellent. Yeah. So, so I thought it was an excellent episode. It was nearly three hours, but yet I enjoyed myself. So that's a little, you know, shameless plug for my other show, but also to hear <laughs> more of you guys, um, you know, just on, on, on anything. I, I was happy that I made, you know, somebody laugh at some of my dad jokes. Yeah. Um, I think you liked the part where I said, I don't know nothing about, you know, uh, face, heel, hips and toes or something like that. And, <laughs> yeah. And, and Devin liked my, um, Something. Oh, I said uh, I never knew what the rock was cooking, nor uh, it does does it matter, or whatever the catchphrase is. The answer is he was cooking pie. All my wrestling fans are gonna know exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> okay. The rock likes pie. I don't know if I want to ask what kind of pie <laughs> is. Is that is that naughty? I there mean... <laughs> there are many kinds of pie, and I'll, I'll I'll leave it at that. Okay, I'll have to look into that. Um. But uh, the, Jake and uh, Tom Conquer the World, it, it is formerly known as The Drunken Dork, mm-hmm. uh, which uh, you guys, uh, either versions of you guys haven't been on the show yet, which I would like to uh, change. Well, first off with this episode, but you know, hopefully you guys can come back in, in a future episode with me. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I just want you to tell the listeners a little bit about, uh, you know, about more about your show and anything else you haven't covered uh, in this episode. Uh, yeah, we are kind of a one of the many, many pop culture based shows where we kind of zoom in on movies, but particularly superhero movies. Uh, we're kind of in the golden age when it comes to Marvel, DC, and sometimes other companies putting out live action superheroes. And we're taking full advantage of that. Uh, the reason why we went from the Drunken Dork to Jake and Tom Conquer the World is because we wanted to kind of switch it up. We wanted to have episodes where we talked about other things besides just superheroes. You know, we wanted to have room for guests like Devin and yourself, uh, our, our friend Ro from Project Archivist. Uh, and we're lining up uh, a couple writers and hopefully some filmmakers. But we're also doing a recurring segment where we talk about Jake's sad, sad lack of cinematic knowledge where there are certain movies that I feel that everybody has to see at least once in their life. Like uh, our our most recent one was Cool Hand Luke. Mm -hmm. And Jake had never seen that before. And it's basically a first impression of a classic movie from a very Jake point of view. And uh, we're getting a lot of mileage out of that because there are all kinds of movies that he hasn't seen. Uh, His general rule of thumb is that if it was made before he wasn't born, it may as well have not existed. But I feel there's still newer stuff that he hadn't seen, too. Like the the first was it first movie review of that uh, that I listened to was Shawshank Redemption. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, Well, that's the other thing. He doesn't like depressing movies either. Oh, okay. And so probably hasn't seen Schindler's List either. Oh, I'm not even going to try on that one. <laughs> uh, and I'm trying to convince him to watch Leonardo DiCaprio movies, but he absolutely steadfastly refuses. He Has he seen Titanic? Uh, I think that was the breaking point for him. Oh, okay. So pre-Titanic, we got uh, what's eating Gilbert Grape. Yeah, uh, Growing Pains. Uh, yeah, I think yeah. it was uh, Chud 2. Oof. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know what that is. You don't want to know. It's a horror movie. <laughs> it, it's supposed to be a horror movie, but I think it accidentally became a comedy. Uh, uh, Boy's Life. 
Yeah. Um, Basketball Diaries. Romeo and Juliet. Oh, right. Yeah, that's... Yeah. That was that. That was ninety six. I think so. Yeah, Mid-90s, but yeah. Uh, the thing is, I can understand his point of view, except for the fact that after Titanic, he actually did a lot of good movies, especially with Scorsese. Yeah, I liked. Um, what's that thriller that he did with Ruffalo? Oh, I'm not. I'm not even sure. Yeah, it's um, it, it he's like a him and Ruffalo are like a like a detective. And they're investigating something going on at like a oh Shutter Island, yeah, yeah, Shutter Island. Yeah. There you go, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, I, I forgot that was Mark Ruffalo in there. Yeah, uh, well, I was like, a, you know, you got uh, the Departed, Haley, Haley, whatever was in there, the um, James Earl, James. Oh, James Earl, uh, Haley, Haley. yeah, James yeah. Earl, yeah, yeah, he was in there too. Yeah, uh, and uh, he also had a brief little cameo from De Niro at his, you know, creepiest finest. Mm, I see. I don't even remember. Oh yeah, yeah. He played an inmate. So there we go. Got got some got some good ones for him. Yeah, but like um, I said, it's going to be an uphill battle getting him to watch anything with DiCaprio. Sure. <laughs> but maybe you just say, "Hey, uh, Banner's in it." You know, maybe just leave out DiCaprio. <laughs> well, I mean, here's the thing. I I've actually shown him previews for um, Inception because he actually does like Christopher Nolan's movies, and he says, "You know, that's that's an amazing looking movie. It's just a shame I'll never watch it." You know what? You should have him. Does he do foreign? No, no. I, I, I don't think I could even get him to watch anything British unless it's Doctor Who. Ah, uh, see. Well, I was gonna say, like, what if, what if you get him to watch like, um, Infernal Affairs and then The Departed and just say, hey, could just compare the two, and then you know, kind of trick him into watching it in DiCaprio and The Departed. Mm-hmm. Kind of lace that but, with a lace that pill with a little bit of candy is what you're saying. Yeah, sure. Hey, that too. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, on on a lighter note, this this uh, review that you guys have chosen, it's a, a little outside the box, I would say, because it is actually not really well. It, it's not a movie because um, my definition that it just well, no, this is a bad definition, but it didn't. It wasn't released in the theaters, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is actually a pilot of a TV show. So talk about like how you guys uh, came to decide to review this pilot and what it is. Well, uh, it was a two-hour made-for-TV movie slash pilot, so I think that might kind of almost sort of but not really count as a movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the reason why we chose that one is for a couple of reasons. One, we wanted to give your audience a little bit of a taste of what we do, which is superheroes. And B, uh, we were really kind of scrambling to think of what we wanted to do because, you know, and, and we mentioned in the show, we're the generation that never really let go of their childhood, and especially when it comes to childhood movies. But this was one of the ones that somehow kind of fell through our grasp, and neither Jake nor myself had really watched it much since uh, it debuted in the mid-90s. And we literally kind of surprised ourselves with this one. I don't want to say if it's a good surprise or a bad surprise. We'll we'll kind of save that for later on in the episode. But we were definitely uh, caught off guard by it. Ah, and clearly one of the other reasons was Terry Hatcher. Terry Hatcher, uh, you know what? I, I mentioned it in the episode. I have very, very fond memories of a mid-90s Terry Hatcher. Mm, I, I bet. Uh, one with a, with a cape, perhaps. Yeah, I remember yeah. that picture very well, sir. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, did you did you guys discuss? Uh, I I don't know the actor's name, but the one that portrayed Lex, John Shea. Yes, yes, we uh, we definitely have a lot to say about that particular performance. 
Oh, great. Okay, so we won't even spoil it here then. Uh, I I actually did more research for this episode than I did in a, a long time uh, because there's actually quite a bit of stuff that went on behind the scenes with this show that was really, really interesting. Oh, wow. You, you know what? I actually started like a rewatch a few years back, and I think I might have gotten in like to the first third of second season and kind of just dropped off because there's just so many other things that are you know, uh, you, you got your Game of Thrones. At the mm-hmm. time, I was probably watching Breaking Bad as well. It's the ultimate first world problem. I have too many shows to watch. <laughs> but uh, there's actually, it, it's definitely an interesting television show. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll let your listeners uh, hear in the actual episode. We don't want to show our cards too much. Right, right. Yep. And then that's why I left the, the whole Lex thing alone. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, if uh, no further ado, this is... Uh, uh, Jake and Tom's episode of the pilot of Lois and Clark, The New Adventures of Superman. Hi, this is Marty McFly, and you're listening to Hydrate Level 4. Boy, oh boy, Mom, you sure know how to hydrate a good podcast. Hello, everyone. You're listening to Hydrate Level 4. I'm Jake Wilson, and I am joined by Tom Coe. Hello, folks. So you might be wondering, where's the guy that normally does this show? Yes, uh, Peter kind of reached out to us, and he said that he needed to take a little bit of time off. Uh, as anybody who has done a podcast does need to take some time off, but he wanted to we, make we, sure we that... We've done it before, too. Yep. But he wanted to make sure that his listeners were taken care of, so we're going to go ahead and take the reins for this episode. Which, I mean... On one hand, I'm I'm kind of nervous because I feel like I'm driving someone else's car. But on the other hand, I kind of feel really cool because I feel like I got the rent a car with the you know best insurance policy possible, the the no consequence policy. Because let's face it, we we could do anything, and you know, hey, it's not our show. Exactly. Yeah. There no rules apply. To no. Episode. All right, so I've actually listened to a, you know a handful of these episodes, and it's a really cool concept. If I understand it correctly, what we're going to do is we're going to go and revisit a program or a movie from our childhood, rewatch it, and see if it still holds up. Is that how you understand it, Jake? That is what I got from the episodes I've seen. Or okay. To. It's not seen because you don't watch the show; you listen to the show. No, I kind of was kind of scratching my head about what to pick out because uh being a comic book fan i haven't really let go of most of my childhood yet but i i think i found we 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 are man children we are but i think i actually found one that might be a good candidate day and that was the pilot episode of lois and clark the new adventures of superman and jake do you what kind of memories do you have of this show I remember losing my crap when I saw this. I'm, I was su- I, I was a huge comic book fan uh, leading up to this, and I, I still am a huge comic book fan. But this mm-hmm. is probably when this came out. I think what we were were we in high school when this came out? Or was this we, pre-high school? We were in high school. It was in our sophomore year, actually. Oh yeah, I'm looking at the wiki right now. Yep, uh, so, it premiered uh, yep. 1993. Yep, September 12th, 1993, and it actually lasted a lot longer than I remember it lasting. 
what, four seasons? Yeah, it went off the air June 14th, 1997. Uh, I remember being right there with you, just completely losing my mind with this debut because... I, I remember actually, like, the, not every episode, but something like after... Every like the big episodes, episodes. I would have to call you. Yeah. Like the big episodes. I would have to call you, and we'd have to talk for a good hour. You know, this is pre-podcasting days where we would, believe it or not, back in the day, we would just call each other and bullshit about whatever we just saw on TV or movies, and this was one of the things we do. But no, I actually vividly remember watching this pilot when I was a kid, and I remember being very impressed with it because it was the first live-action version of Superman that incorporated the post-crisis Superman. For those of you who don't know comic books, when I say post-crisis, back in the mid-80s, DC Comics, the parent company of Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman, all those characters, relaunched their line in an effort to streamline everything, but also update the characters. Prior to this, when you had Superman, you had a very meek and mild Clark Kent, who was clearly the secret identity, and the main persona was Superman. You had a mad scientist version of Lex Luthor. You had kind of a backseat version of Lois Lane. And uh, Jimmy Olsen and Perry White were just kind of decorations that you didn't really put a lot of thought into. This was very different because in this version, basically Superman was the secret identity and the main persona was Clark Kent. It sounds like it's minor, but it's actually a very, very big difference and it leads to a whole different dynamic with the character. Yeah, and and it worked. I remember being such a huge fan of the show when it first came out. Um, I do remember I did kind of have to drop off it on the last season. Uh, and to this day, I actually don't think I've ever actually gone back and watched the entire fourth season. When the, when the fourth season came out, if you remember right, that's after we graduated high school. Yeah. And that's when all of a sudden I you know, my priorities had a little bit of a shift. Well, yeah. Pre-DVR, pre-DVDs. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 I had other things, you know. Yeah, if I remember right, I mean, looking at the date, June 14th, 1997, I'm pretty sure that we were actually both in full-time jobs at that point, having, yep. and, uh, I think, actually, we had our apartment by that point. We did, and we did not have cable for a good ch- good chunk of that, uh, Yeah, because we graduated in the spring of 96, so yeah, the entire last season. I, I, I know a little bit, like, I know how the last episode ends, I, mm-hmm. I kind of wikied a little bit, and I, I have, I did see, like... A couple sporadic episodes during that last season, but yeah, pretty much the entire last season, I I can I just thought completely messed. Yeah, uh, from what I understand, I remember falling off of it because it got. And the only way I can really describe it is comic booky, and I use that in a bad phrase where things got kind of unbelievable and just too jokey for their own good. I kind of fell out of it too because of the. Like, like, I was, it was one of those shows that I watched hoping that it was going to become more Superman based. Mm-hmm. And, and in the end, it became less Superman based and more on the drama part of it. Which, which that was the goal. It, it was supposed to, this is, this show is kind of similar. Like, if you look at a current show like Supergirl, for example, I feel Supergirl and, and Lois and Clark have a lot of similarities. I mean, the target audiences. The target audience was a uh, similar demographic, and they wanted to focus more on the uh, the drama than the actual action of the show. Mm-hmm. This show, it did have some action, but not a lot. And, and, and if you go back to the, to the pilot, which we're about to get into, really not a whole lot of 
intensity. Yeah, it was all about the relationship between Lois and Clark as well as character building, which, I mean, I don't know if that would make a great television show, but I was actually very entertained with it with this two-hour pilot. Yeah, as a kid, too, uh, because our choices at the time, like right now, we have, I can't remember the exact count, but last time I counted, I think we have around 13, 14 comic book-based TV shows out there right now. Mm -hmm. When this came out, this was it. If you're a comic book fan and you wanted to watch a TV show based off your characters, this was all you had. There was no Marvel TV shows. Uh, there was this. This was the only offering that we had. Period. Well, I not mean, only that, ones. but it was only seven years removed from Superman Four, which, if you've never seen yep. that movie, is an absolute franchise killer of a movie. After that, definitely the weakest. <laughs> definitely the weakest. Uh, but after that, we had the syndicated. I, I actually. I actually rewatched that less than a year ago. Oh, it's awful. I don't know why, awful. for some reason, for some reason, I, was, I, I saw it on TV. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to give this a rewatch because I haven't seen it forever. And I remember not liking it when I first saw it, but I'm like, you know, I'm going to see it again. And yep, this this really happened. How far did you make it through? Oh, I watched the whole thing. Oh, it was bad. It was bad. But beyond that, between Superman 4 and Lois and Clark, we had what is almost a completely forgotten television show, the syndicated Superboy. version. Yeah, Superboy. Which also which also went four seasons, I believe. Yeah. A uh, little bit of trivia. During the auditions and casting of this show, the role was actually awarded to the guy who played Clark Kent and Superman, or I should say Superboy. First or second one? Because there was actually two Superboys. I believe it was the second one, though I could be wrong. Okay. The producers loved the him. Thought first he was... one, I think, had some. The first one, I think, had some like legal issues and had to leave the show. I think so. I don't remember, I don't remember the exact story. But yeah, uh, he had the role. He was going to start shooting, and then the producers found out, and they're like, "Wait a second! No, 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 no! You're no, you're out of here. We don't want to draw too many connections." And they cast Dean Cain. And Jake, do you remember that there was actually some controversy surrounding his casting? No, I didn't. It is because he is not the uh, typical Superman in that he is not, and I don't want to say this sen- uh, in a sensitive way, he is not, uh, he, he is of mixed ancestry because he is descended from French Canadian, Irish, Welsh, and Japanese. So we had a Superman that was part Asian, and a lot of people really, really were upset with that, which, I, I mean. see it. He, I mean, if you look at his complexion, it, you can kind of see it, but I thought it was actually a fairly decent Superman. I mean... Yeah, he he, he captured a lot of the important essences of Superman. He was absolutely. truly an innocent, good person, which is the character supposed to be, almost childlike at times, even. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also a little bit of trivia, he's also a Michigan guy. Really? Because uh, Tom Welling was also from Michigan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh... He was born in, I believe it was, I want to say it was somewhere by Detroit. Uh, I actually, oh, Mont Clemens he was born in. Oh, for those who are listening who don't know, Tom and I are from Michigan. Yes. But uh, I actually uh, went to a panel that he did at the Motor City Comic Con last year, and somebody had asked him if he'd had any memories of Michigan, and he said that he was too young to really remember it because he moved away when he was two. But prior to attending the show, he didn't make a point to go to where the house was and it was torn down, but there were still bricks from the foundation and he may or may not have taken some of the bricks with, you know, back home with him. 
So he may or may not have committed theft. I don't think he would use it in that phrase, and I don't think he would admit to it. <laughs> but uh, what else? Uh, the other things, I, I did a little bit of research as far as to kind of put a timestamp on when this show came out. The number one movie at the time of debut was Harrison Ford in The Fugitive. Great movie. Yep. Number one song was Dream Lover by Mariah Carey, and the number one show on television was 60 Minutes. Interesting. Interesting. Yep. Yeah, this was... Uh... Yeah, no, yeah, we are actually, yeah, we are at the twenty-year mark of this, almost at the, almost the twenty-year mark of this cancellation of the show. Yeah, actually, other little bits of trivia: at the end of season one, the showrunner and the head writers were all dismissed because the network wanted to shift the focus from that relationship between Lois and Clark, and they wanted it to be an action-based show. And if you have you ever watched any of the season two? Oh yeah, there is. I, a, I haven't rewatched it since I was a kid. There is yeah. a big shift in the tone. And that's when it started to get too comic booky, and I'm pretty sure that's when I actually kind of jumped off the ship. Uh, other people were actually replaced. Uh, Michael Landis was replaced as Jimmy Olsen after the first season because yep. the producers felt he looked too much like Clark Kent's little brother. One big event, uh, actually, this has actually got a hand in two big events in the comic books. I think I think I know one of yours because I remember one thing they did that was very neat at the time because in the comics they finally decided to marry off. Clark Kent and, and Lois Lane. Mm-hmm. And they actually decide to have it happen at the exact same time and in Lois and Clark. I think it was around the third season? Right around there, yeah. But here's so the they thing. Actually... They, they did want to have it tie in with the books, but they had planned on marrying the two of them off years and years earlier. You know, but because they knew the television series was going to be in development, they decided to kind of hold things off. And you know what they did to kind of keep readers interested in the character in between that time kill them off they kill them off this show is indirectly responsible for the big very famous death in return of superman storyline from the 90s i wonder if it had anything to do with the mullet too because clark kent had a mullet in the show dean kane's dean kane had a mullet it's very i would say that's actually downright likely one big thing that i actually really and we'll, we'll i promise we'll get into the actual pilot but one of the things i really enjoyed was the performance of john shea as as a uh, lex luther I thought he was yes. a really, really yes. good Lex Luthor. Uh, he he's very high because we've had a lot of Lex Luth- a lot of Lex Luthers in our lifetime, and I feel like that's one character that traditionally, with one major exception, every live action version of Lex Luthor I've liked. Like even even going back to the Superboy TV show, I liked that Lex Luthor. I loved uh, Gene Hackman. I mean, Gene, God for God's sake, it's Gene Hackman. Of course, he yeah. does an awesome job. Uh, Superman Returns, who Tom and I, I know me especially, I consider myself a Superman Returns apologist, because I i find it's a movie that I defend a lot, and the biggest thing I defend about it is it's Kevin Spacey, for God's sake. Yeah, he, I mean, he absolutely he delivers stole that show. Such a great, he delivers such a great performance as Lex Luthor. But yeah, this, this version of Lex Luthor, though he starts off with hair, which I know annoyed a lot of people, but at the time, Lex Luthor did have hair. Because at the time, Lex Luthor was actually the... I don't want to get too far into it because I can spend 10 minutes explaining why. But he was technically a son-slash-clone-slash-like... Reincarnation. Body his brain was put into... It's a, it's a bit of a complicated hey, hey story, folks, but... One word for you. Comics. That's all you need to know. Comics. Comics. It was confusing, but there was a long-haired... Uh, version of Lex Luthor at the time. So the fact that he was, he had hair really didn't bother me because he captured the essence of Lex Luthor. Because this was the era of, this was the first time you see a live action 
businessman Lex Luthor. Yes, which I thought was really cool. Because that was one of the big shifts. You know, Tom mentioned post-crisis. Pre-crisis, he was the mad scientist. Post-crisis, he became what was considered a, a, a big a big thing in the 80s, the businessman villain. You know, and, and that's really the more scary version of it. I'm pretty sure that John Byrne, the guy that did Superman after the big relaunch, based mm-hmm. Lex Luthor, at least in part, on the 1980s version of Donald Trump. I, I think I remember reading I, that somewhere. I could believe that totally. Mm-hmm. But uh, the other one of the big changes in season two is that John Shea all but left the show. And the reason why is because he was commuting back and forth constantly between New York and Los Angeles, and it just got to be too much of a drain on him. And I, for one, actually think that the show suffered as a result of it. It did. Yeah, that, that was that was uh, they brought him back again, but only for a short, uh, you know, short spurts. But uh, I, I do remember even as a kid, even as a teenager, I was like, wow, what do you mean that Lex, Lex Luthor's gone? Like that really hurt the show for me. All right, and I got a couple other things, but we'll go ahead and save that after the recap. Uh, Jake, whenever you and I do a show where we recap a movie or an episode or anything like that, you always kind of take the charge because this is actually one of those places where you absolutely shine. So, Jake, go ahead and kick it off. All right. So it's a mid '90s, and this movie or this sorry, this movie, it's, this TV it's, show. It's essentially feels... it is a movie long uh, episode. Yeah, it was yeah, a, lo- a lot longer long than I remember movie. it. Yeah, it's basically a two-hour long, but almost made-for-TV movie feel to it. This is very much a 90s movie. It had a lot of 90s feels to it. A lot of the ladies wearing shoulder pads. Yes. Uh, Cat Grant. <laughs> Anyways, so this movie... I said it again. This TV show, for Christ's sake. This TV show starts off... It actually doesn't actually introduce Clark Kent until maybe like the 10-minute mark. It spends more time introducing the characters around him. It shows it shows Lois Lane before it shows Clark Kent. I feel this is kind of an important thing because of the name of the show and what it's mm-hmm. all about. You get introduced to her, and you find out she is the, you know, she's the independent woman, single woman. And she's in her, you know, mid-20s. She's having a hard time with the dating life because she's very career-oriented. Uh, this is mentioned a lot throughout the episode. Uh, you get introduced to a couple of just aspects around her, the Daily Planet. You know, you, you meet uh, Perry White, a great version of Perry White, by the way. That was one of my other, other shiny points of the show. Great Shades of Elvis. Yeah, Lane Smith. Uh, the only other thing that I really remember him in was uh, he played the prosecuting attorney in My Cousin Vinny. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's probably what most yep. people would remember him from. Actually, a really good actor. Yes, he, he definitely really did a good job. Mm-hmm. Uh and then uh, they start laying a little bit of groundwork for the overall plot, which involves a uh, a space launch and a uh, space station that's about to happen that NASA's getting ready to do, and they're having some complications. Uh, so what ends up happening is they introduce Clark Kent, and when they introduce Clark Kent, I thought it was great. I thought his his look was perfect. He definitely has that you know, country boy coming to the big city kind of feel to him. He's got an old suitcase that you can tell was probably his grandfather's or something like that. Uh, he, you know, he, he's, he gets off the bus and they have this great, very classic Superman moment where he gets off the bus and then you, you see that another bus is coming down the street and the, the brakes are out and it's about ready to take out a bunch of people. Of course, some nuns because it has to be a bunch of nuns. <laughs> and he just kind of, uh, looks around, gets in front of the bus, puts his hand out and stops the bus from hitting all the people. Uh, doesn't hurt that anybody in there. Like I'm pretty sure some people would have went, went through the windshield, but this is a family show. 
Uh, so he stops the bus, and there's this one lady who's like, um, did, did y'all see this? What? what? He stopped the and bus. Like, and, and no one listens to her, and he kind of just disappears in the crowd. He goes to try to get a job. You, wait planet, a second, you forgot, told, you forgot the punchline in that. What happened to the bus? Oh, yes, you see the bus, and you see a giant, or not giant, but you see a handprint indented into the bus. Yeah, where he stopped it literally with just his bare hand. Because he, yep. because Superman, folks, and Superman is badass. Because Superman would do that. Superman would do that. We need more Superman in our lives. We do. Anyways, so uh, so he goes in, and he goes to get the job at the Daily Planet, but then turns out, no, he doesn't get the job at the Daily Planet, because Perry White thinks he lacks experience. Though he... Though, and this is actually a very post-crisis version of Superman accurate thing. Uh, he spent a lot of time traveling, mm-hmm. much like kind of like in kind of like Batman. You know, Batman spends a lot of time traveling the world before becoming Batman. In post-crisis Superman, he actually spent some time wandering the Earth, and this is a version of Superman that's been everywhere. He's he's written for a lot of small newspapers all over the world. Uh, he's learned several languages. This this is a, this is a smart, well-traveled Superman. Then he uh he, he ends up you know kind of you know getting disheveled and you know saying okay you know tough luck pal but you know you don't get the job he gets uh they show him in this like the crappiest apartment ever things are getting rough and he but while he's getting turned down for the job he hears uh there's a a story that uh, Lois was supposed to do about an abandoned wasn't a movie theater it was a, a theater oh uh, yeah an actual playhouse like an actual playhouse yeah so he decides to take it on his own too. Go down there and see if there's a story, and he meets someone and gets a story. But in the process too, I think uh, he uses his heat vision to, uh, which I like how his heat vision does not have a visual effect. Like you don't actually see, like in the comics, when they draw him using his heat vision, you see lasers shoot out of his eye. This version, they just kind of show him lowers glasses, and you see something burning. I don't know if this was a uh, decision to make it cheaper for a special effect, or if they wanted to show that. You know, you can't actually see heat coming out of his eyes. I don't know if that was... I'm willing to bet it was just for budgetary concerns, because yeah. this this episode in particular I thought did very well, but it still had the budget of a network yes. television show from the mid-90s, and you can tell. Yeah, they definitely... Yeah, you can definitely tell they did everything they could to kind of curb the budget on mm. this. So, yeah, I mean, stuff happens. I'm not going to go into scene by scene, but... Uh, he, he gets a job at the Daily Planet. He gets partnered up with Lois Lane. Lois, uh, she's following a conspiracy involving the space launch. She thinks that uh, someone sabotaged it. Uh, we get introduced to, like we said earlier, Lex Luthor. Immediately, we're also seeing chemistry between Lex Luthor and Lois Lane, which I've always, I've always thought it somewhat creepy, like the weird love triangle thing between Lois, Lex, and Clark Kent. They did a big on Smallville, too. I, 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 that was one of those kind of things that I really didn't like about the show, but it, it was a part of it. Well, it, they actually, again, took that directly out of the comic books. That was very... Yeah, com- I, I, I know yeah. it was from the comics, but like I said, it's it's one of those weird little things that always kind of bugged me. Well, it's like, supposed I, I never really to thought that she would fall for him. Well, I mean, yeah. I don't think that she was falling for him in this as much as she was kind of using the fact that Lex was attracted to her in order to get what she wanted. She wanted to get that big, elusive interview with Lex Luthor because nobody gets to interview Lex Luthor. And she wanted that scoop. We do see this weird snake scene. I always thought that it was kind of weird where he's he's lying in front of the fire on the floor because Lex Luthor apparently wants Lex to lie down on the floor. And he's smoking a cigar. He smokes cigars a lot in us. 
And then mm. a uh, like a rattler snake or a cobra comes in the room, and he has this thing where he stares down the cobra, and the cobra turns around and leaves. And it turns out he was released by his like assistant, but it was on purpose. Like I got, I don't know if every night he has a stare down a cobra before bed, or if that's just like one of his routines, or or what it is. I it was, was little, it was weird weird moment. It was weird, but the delivery that John Shea had afterward. Where he was just so self-satisfied that he was able to stare down a snake to the point where it backed off. And he just kind of kicked back with that big-ass grin. I thought that that paid off right there, I thought. Yep. It was cool. It was weird. So, uh, fast forward. Uh, we have a good moment. We have a great moment where, where Clark Kent decides, you know what? I, 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 gotta st- I gotta help people. I can't just... Because there's another scene where he saves someone else and he almost gets, uh, almost gets caught. And he decides... You know, I, I he's talking to his parents, which I loved his parents. Like, his parents are probably another shining part of this. Because if anyone's read read the comics at the time, his parents were alive. But and they played a the big part. Superman, yeah. If you go back to the classic Superman TV show, or sorry, not TV show, the original uh, Superman motion picture, Superman's dad dies, and his mom, you know, is a widow, but she really isn't in the movie after that. I don't know if she's in any scenes. I think it's implied that she dies between... Uh, the second or third movie, the third and fourth movie. Yeah, but yeah, it, it's 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 you know this is a version of his parents that are very much part of his life, and I thought it was great. I thought it was really good that it it was great casting because it reminded me of my parents, even though at the time my parents were a lot younger. But the the the, the thing they did with the two phones, where one was on on one phone, the other one was on the other phone, they're both talking to the clock at the same time. Oh, that was something that people did all the time back in the day. I had several conversations with my parents where they both had the cord, you know, two cordless phones. They were talking to us at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, great cast with the parents, and he decides, you know, what, I need a, I need a costume. So he talks to his mom, and his mom comes up with a couple costumes, and there's just great little montage where he's trying on different ones, including a a blatant Captain America uh, costume. Yeah, I but thought that was find, a nice finally, little nod. Yep, uh, he finally gets the costume that he likes, uh, but it's missing something. It's just kind of a blue costume with a red cape. And she's like, oh, I know what it's missing. And she pulls out a chest. And she pulls out this symbol that was in, in the baby blanket that he was wrapped in when they found it. And it was a, it was a Superman symbol. Which I thought was weird that it's implied he's like well into his 20s, like mid-20s. And she's never shown him this. That's the, part, that's the only part that kind of bugged me about that scene. I don't know. I kind of got the impression that he had seen it before because he didn't say, oh, my God. What is that? Where did it come from? What does it mean? I mean, he had a, at least a passing familiarity with it. Okay. Yeah, you're probably right. They never say it, but I think you're probably right. Hmm. So he gets a costume, and sure enough, right at that moment, the uh, the shuttle that's about to take off to, to, to make the new space station is having problems, and he takes off, and he supermans it. He shows up, and he does... I was expecting a little more of a like he was going to like use his strength to do something or punch something. He takes a bomb and eats it. For some reason, I thought that was really kind of a cool, like, ah, of course he does that. It's a very Silver Agey Superman thing to do. But the thing I loved he, about he it. He did that a lot in the Silver Age, yeah. The thing I loved about it was what did they have for special effects to show that it detonated? The gas came out of his mouth and he burped. Yeah, beyond that, all it was was, you know, a muffled explosion and they shook the camera. It was yep. very cool in a cheesy, cheap '90s television kind of way. But it worked. It, it, it did. Worked. It, it got it the job done. 
So then he's introduced, and then the but the the he did he did get have a moment of where he could show a feat of strength too because they uh they couldn't get the ship off the ground, so he had to lift up the ship and basically throw it into space. That mm-hmm. was pretty cool. And again, budgetary reasons they couldn't show too much of it, but it, it worked. They still showed that he did it. And then he uh brings Lois Lane in, and then and, and then there's all of this stuff too, and they're showing they're showing that Clark and Lois are getting closer, and they don't waste any time. That's one thing about the show. I know with a pilot, you don't you you don't have the luxury of playing the long game with the pilot because you have to show the premise of the entire show in one episode. Yeah. In this case, a, a two part episode or, or two hour episode. But by the end of the episode, you can already see that they're like he's already got a thing for Lois already. Now, one thing that you're kind of glancing over is the conspiracy issue, where it basically came to Lois and Clark's attention through a discredited and kind of crazy. Ex scientist yes. and professor that great actor too. Like he's 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 that guy you look at and go, yeah, he's that guy that you've seen that you've seen in a thousand movies or TV shows. There are two things that I know for sure you would recognize this gentleman from. You're a big Lethal Weapon fan, right? Oh yeah, well Lethal Weapon. Lethal Weapon two when Danny Glover is trapped on the toilet with a bomb. He was the guy from the Bomb Squad explaining how they're gonna get out of it. You know, they're gonna jump into the toilet and really, yep. Okay. But more yeah, importantly, the Avengers. Do you remember the scene in Germany where Loki has all the people bow down to him? Yes. He was the yes. old man that refused to bow. Yep, yep, I remember that, yep. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize it was the same guy, but yeah. Because he's he, he's just one of those character actors who does a lot of small parts, but he, he he's always working. He's that, like I said, he's that guy you look at and go, oh, he's that guy. But uh, it turns out that the reason why the space program is being sabotaged is because Lex Luthor wants to make sure that it gets dismantled so that he can pick up the pieces and do it at a profit. Very heroically stepping in, very Lex Luthor plot. Mm-hmm. He's going to do it and he's going to come out looking like a hero. Because th- this era of Lex Luthor is loved by everybody. He's the world's most eligible bachelor. He's he's the guy who everyone wants to be. Yep, he's considered every to be a Every woman wants him and every man wants to be him. But I thought it was actually a really cool scene when they had that party where basically Lux was unveiling his plan where he was going to have his own space station that this ship was going to dock up with. And they were kind of sneaking around in his office and he had a really great line where he's like, do you enjoy the view? And they're like, well, yeah, it's beautiful. He's like, you should. It's the highest place in Metropolis. And the reason why I want it that way is because whenever somebody looks up, they'll see me. He likes the idea that everyone in the city has to look up to see him. And in the, in the end, it has a great payoff in the end of the episode. Because once Superman has come on the scene, he, he basically get right at the end of the episode, he gets, he goes right to Lex Luthor. He basically says, look, I know it was your fault. I can't prove it. But sooner or later, you're going to mess up. And I'm going to, I'm going to throw it in your face. And then, and then he leaves. And as he's flying away, he goes up and goes, oh, and if you can't find me, look up. Oh, uh, it was a great, like, Screw you, Lex Luthor. Mm-hmm. That's a great moment. They really nailed the dynamic between Lex Luthor and Superman very, very well. Yeah, they they lay the groundwork of why these two immediately will hate each other. Mm-hmm. They're, they're, they they show they do a good job of giving great chemistry, and and they, and they have some great scenes together. There's a great, and we didn't get to it, and I haven't rewatched it in years, but I think the second or third episode there's a great episode where Luthor decides he wants to test Superman, like see what his limits are. Mm-hmm. And Superman figures it out that it's Luther that does it, and he shows up at Luther's house, opens up a box where there's a gun in it, points the gun at Lex Luther's head, and pulls a trigger. 
and then uses a super speed to catch the bullet. That's that's pretty cool. For some reason, I just think that that was one of my favorite. Like that's a that's a Superman ballsy moment. Like I am so fast, I'm gonna take that chance that if I miss, I'm gonna kill you. Kind of a moment. That is actually a very Superman thing to do, just to kind of scare him straight so that he would stop putting his lives in, in jeopardy. Yep. That is actually really cool. Yep, really good moment. So so yeah. I I mean, what's your final verdict on this pilot? You know, when I started watching it, because I, you know, when you when you have fond memories of something, and you start rewatching it, and you're like, you know what, I don't want to watch this because I don't want to ruin my memory of it. For the first like half hour or so, this was a chore. Like I'm watching this, I'm like, oh god, this is it's so dated. A lot of setup. The, yep. A lot of setup. I get it. Let's just get to Superman already. But by the time I hit the halfway point, I I actually found myself re-interested in this. Yeah. In fact, I'm actually I'm actually kind of thinking, because I had the DVDs, I'm actually debating about going back and rewatching the entire first season now. I have the first season. I'm debating whether or not I want to pick up the rest of them, like, used on Amazon. Yeah, I'm actually tempted, because I, like I said, I never finished watching the last season, and I'd like to just, just being a completionist, I feel the need to go back and watch all of it. Yeah, and, and I'll be honest with you, I bought the first season when it first came out in DVD, I want to say back so in 05. And I never actually sat down and watched the rest of it. I kind of got distracted and just I bought that. Lost I, in the I have shuffle. like a bunch of. There's a lot of shows that I bought on DVD B- back when back when uh, TV shows because this isn't something that's always been a thing. But for a while there, all of a sudden, all these shows were coming out on DVD, and I, I had to pick up all these shows. And I have so many. Shows on DVD that have never even been opened. Well, yeah, because, I mean, we grew up in the generation... Well, every generation prior to this one, when a show was on the air, you either had to watch it right then, when everybody else was watching it, hope that you had it on rerun, or you were done. Maybe you could record it. I remember having to try to set the, D- set the VCR to record, mm-hmm. which... Let me explain you something. I like to think that I'm not an idiot. Oh, VCR when it comes programming to, was impossible yeah, when it comes to back then. Programming a VCR to record something at a certain time, you had to be a rocket scientist to figure that out. No one understood how to do it. But still, I mean, after those shows reran a couple times, maybe they were in syndication for a little while, but after that, they were gone. You were never going to get to see those again. And so when Lois and Clark first came out, I bought it, and I bought a whole bunch of other television shows that I haven't rewatched. I'm probably going to end up watching Lois and Clark now just because I was so impressed with this first pilot. And I I know it's going to get worse the further along I get into it, but I'm still really intrigued to see exactly where the train fell off the tracks. And I really think, I think, I really think it's season two. I was going to say, I think season one is definitely probably the strongest. My guess is somewhere in the first 25% of the second season. Yep. And I know a lot of people, you know, we've all heard the term jump the shark. A lot of people say it's when they got married, that's when the show went downhill. Because once you remove the whole will they, won't they thing. Any kind of tension, yeah, once you do that, it's... Yeah. It's something we've seen in TV shows constantly over the years. That's what they designed this show to be, though. I mean, the phrase at the time was, it's Superman meets Moonlighting. And it very much is that show. Because when did Moonlighting go downhill? When they they first... Yep. Yep, it, absolutely. Moonlighting. That, that's a show I would love to go back and rewatch. Oh, God. I actually rewatched that to our pilot. That holds up. That really holds up. I'd love to because I, I'm i a big Bruce Willis fan. 
and though he is known for for doing the action characters more than anything else nowadays, he's actually his really funny stuff. I still say, you know, because I, th- I, th- I think everyone out there who's listening to the show probably has at least that one movie or one TV show that everyone says is horrible, but for some reason you love it. For me, Hudson Hawk. That's actually gotten a bit of a cult following these days. That's one of those movies that one of my favorite favorite quotes was someone was interviewing Bruce Willis, and they were talking about his career, and then he goes, you know, Hudson Hawk never really quite found its audience. And Bruce Willis says, you know, that's the nicest way of saying that movie sucks I've ever heard. <laughs> but no, Peter, next time you decide to take a vacation, tap us on the shoulder. I think we ought to do Moonlighting. I would totally go back and rewatch at least the pilot. Yeah, it, the entire first it, I, I did watch it. It holds up. I but that. back on the subject of Lois and Clark, uh, it did only last four seasons, which I never... Back when I uh, was first watching this, I was just hoping I would get half a season because that was back before comic books had any kind of respect. And so the fact yep. that it was on four years is a big, big surprise. The thing is, I feel a lot of the TV shows today have Lois and Clark to thank for this. Oh, absolutely it does. You know, it, it did open the door. I mean, we would not have got, I don't think we would have gotten a Smallville if not for Lois and Clark. And if Smallville didn't exist, we would not have gotten an Arrow which would have led to the Flash and that whole universe. Mm-hmm. And for those of you who don't know, Jake is in love with the Flash. I heart the Flash <laughs> very much. I I still say I I like to think when it comes to geek credentials, I I I'm, I I have a lot. I've been a comic fan for twenty five years. I've seen a ton of television. If it's a comic book based TV show, I may not watch it every episode, but I will give every show a mm-hmm. shot. I've seen just about every comic book-based movie of all time, and I can say wholeheartedly, The Flash, the best comic book-based TV show I've ever seen. There are some close ones, but I still call it the best. So, some other little bits of trivia regarding this show. Back at the beginning of Season 4, ABC originally promised the producers a fifth season, but they shuffled things around as far as the time slot. And, of course, you know, whenever that happens, the ratings just go right down. So, rather than, you know, trying to fix it or put it back in its original time slot, they just decided to completely can it. Well, it's a shame because, from what I understand, the fourth season ends in kind of a cliffhanger. It absolutely ended in a cliffhanger. Basically, what happened was Lois and Clark got married and they decided that they wanted to have a family. Well, the old joke was, you know, they can't ever have a kid because, you know, he's Kryptonian, blah, blah, blah. He would just, you know, kind of win work. Turns out that they were actually going to be using that as a plot, that no, they could not have a child. Well, lo and behold, somebody knocks on the door, and there's a basket with a child in there. And that's how the series ended. The baby's just sitting there. It wasn't there. a child. It was, it was a child. I thought they implied that it was Kryptonian. They did. According to the executive producer, the baby that they found on the doorstep was supposed to be of Kryptonian royalty. And had they gone to the season five, the storyline was supposed to be that Lois and Clark were protecting the baby from extraterrestrial assassins. God, that sounds like a good plot. And, and it's a shame because at one point, this show was very, very popular. I mean, it spawned... Uh, I actually still have a couple of issues of the comic book. It spawned a bunch of young adult novels. I remember it had advertisements everywhere. I mean, I, even I was yep. seeing billboards in, like, you know, my mid-sized uh, cities that I grew up by, which, I mean, back in the day was a complete abnormality. Yep. And I also remember that you and I were pretty much in love with Terry Hatcher at the time. 
Oh, yes. I, which is funny, I mean, she's still a very beautiful woman, but I remembered thinking she was hotter. Yeah. I feel bad saying that out loud, actually. Yeah, that's horrible. I should not say that. She's still a very attractive woman, but I just remember being in love with her at the time. I think it was the character that she was portraying. I mean, she was she was somebody that you would want to hang out with. Yeah, because she she had that toughness to her that I feel is important mm-hmm. for toughness and, and intelligence. And she's still very. She wasn't. A, she's still very. She, she was not a damsel feminine. in distress. Nope, she was not. Though she does, but she did have the lowest lane quality where she gets herself in trouble. Well, yeah, yeah. Because you can't have a lowest lane story where she doesn't end up tied up in front <laughs> of a bomb or something. But no, uh, would you recommend this show, or, or at least the pilot to anybody? Yes, I would recommend. I would say if you like. If you like Superman and you want to see a good live action story that that really captures what it means to be Superman, I would say watch this show. Mm-hmm. Because though it had its flaws, I mean I'm not going to completely kiss the show's butt. This show did have some flaws. It does do certain things right, and, and it, it feels like Superman. Like this, I would say of all the versions of Superman, this is probably my I'd say second favorite of all the Superman live action. Hmm. You know what, I'm going to wait until the conclusion of the DC Extended Universe before I really place that anywhere, but of the ones that have been concluded, I would agree with you. It, nothing will ever be Christopher Reeve, but it... Yes, Christopher Reeve really set the bar. Yep, but you could tell that they definitely tipped their hat to Christopher Reeve. He His movies played a big influence, but they also made sure to make it their own thing. This is not to down-talk Tom Welling or uh, Superman Returns. Oh, yeah, Brandon yeah, Ralph, I, yeah. Brennan Roth, all these guys are brilliant actors, but I feel I, I feel that Chris Freer is still the best, and Dean Kane is my second favorite because he gives that more uh, realistic uh, Clark Kent. Mm-hmm. Like he 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 didn't have all the tropes. I mean, he didn't come in wearing a bow tie and wearing a, you know wearing the fedora. I mean, don't get me wrong, that's a great look for mm-hmm. for Clark Kent, but he had that modern day look to him. He looked like a normal guy. Good. Well, not only that, but when it comes to the comic books, this is probably the best representation of my Superman. Because yep. Clark was the main character, because you had a really good dynamic between all the supporting characters, you had the you know inclusion of the parents, you had a non-mad scientist version of Lex Luthor. This is probably the best representation of my favorite version of the character. On top of that, uh, another big thing is 90s nostalgia. If you're into 90s nostalgia, you're going to have a field day with this show. Because yep. it's dated, but it's dated in that good sort of way now. Yes. It's, it's, it doesn't make a... It's, it's not like a, it's a joke. It's actually just that's the way the world was. Yeah. And Cat Grant. Cat Grant wears some awesome clothes. Yeah, it's a very different version of what we're getting now with uh, Calista Flockhart on yep. Supergirl. But this was an accurate comic adaption of the time, though. Of the time, yeah, it was absolutely an accurate uh, depiction of the way she is being presented in the, um, in the comic books. Mm-hmm. All right, so is there anything else that we want to kind of touch base on as far as Lois and Clark? No, no. I, I, I Again, I, I feel this is definitely, there's there's hundreds or maybe thousands of examples of shows that I wish had gone to completion. And this is just one more of those shows I really wish had gone to that was able to get that fifth season in. I, I think that I think this show would have had a better better legacy had it got a chance to finish its story. Yeah. Actually, you know what? There is one thing that should we talk about the time that I met Dean Cain at the comic book convention? Yeah, go ahead. It's a funny story. Again, I attended a panel where Dean Cain was speaking, and everything that I can see says that he is a very, very 
good gentleman. He's a very nice guy, very good to his fans. And after the show was done, he actually stuck around where he was signing things for free, taking pictures for free, talking to people on a one-on-one basis, which was kind of cool because if you've ever been on the floor of a comic book show, especially one that is of this size, one-on-one time with any of the people who are doing signings is impossible. He was doing it. And I decided, you know what? I have my recording equipment. I got my press pass. I'm going to maybe approach him because at the time we had a show called the, the Drunken Dork Podcast. And I had asked him, Mr. Kane, I understand that you don't know me and all this stuff, but do you think maybe I can get you to talk into the microphone saying, hi, this is Dean Kane and you're listening to the Drunken Dork Podcast? And he looks at me and he's like, oh, geez, you know, I, I'm sorry. I, I, I haven't done any research on you guys. I, I, I don't know what the show's about. I don't know if you guys have any kind of, you know, agendas. And, you know, I, I mean, for all you know, you, you guys could be into kitty porn for all I know. And I must have had a look on my face of just utter heartbreak because he's like, oh, don't, don't, don't get me wrong. I, I don't think you are, but, you know, I, I just got to be careful. And I'm like, oh, oh, yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, sure. I, Superman I thought you did kitty porn. Yeah, Superman hurt my feelings. <laughs> but but still, he's a he's a cool guy. I don't blame him for being a little bit cautious. Maybe yeah, you, you he, have to be as a celebrity. Yeah, you have to be because you always have people who are trying to take advantage of you. Maybe work on your phrasing there, Dean. You know that, that's just my one little bit of advice to you. All right. So, is there anything else that we want to kind of touch base on? No, I think that pretty much covers it. I just wanted to thank you again for uh, letting us come on your show, and really, you know, and it was fun to play someone else's playground. For yeah, uh, hopefully we didn't put too many, you know, scratches and dents on the car door. Uh, if you want to listen to us, Jake and myself, you can find us on Jake and Tom Conquer the World. You can listen to that on pretty much anywhere where you find uh, good podcasts: iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher, Blueberry, everywhere. If you have an Android phone, you can get us at the Google Play Store. Go to that app store there and get the Couch Party app. You can use it to listen to every episode of From Us. Let's Get Drunk and Talk Comics, Nerd Rage Podcast, The Retail Rant, Miserable Retail Slave, Couch Party, Mixed Feelings, Grime Empire, and The Project Archivist. If you want to get in touch with us, I'm on Twitter at The Drunken Dork. You can also go to uh, Facebook and go to Drunken Dork News. Jake, what's your handle? My, I am Fear the Jake at Fear the Jake on Twitter. All right. So, Peter, once again, thanks for letting us play uh, with your toys, and we'll talk to you soon. Yeah.